Hi, I'm Nandan. I live in Mumbai and I am a fan of Manchester United. Hi, Nandan. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Was the coconut water nice? It was quite pleasant. Some might have spilled somewhere. I don't know who did that. <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. Soon enough. So tell me, how and why Manchester United? Manchester United, for me, has always, it's at least been slightly a family thing. Okay. In that, when I was old enough to start watching and following football, my father had been an avid fan for decades. And he, he was the one who introduced me to, like, I mean, we used to, I used to play football on the streets, like most kids. But he's the one who introduced me to watching football. Okay. And in fact, I think there were a couple of other kids in the building as well. And he introduced them to Manchester United as well. And so we became a, a little Manchester United fan club just in our little building. And like, I think the Premier League came a little late to India anyway. Mm. So we sort of grew up with, initially with stories of, apart from stories of countries at the World Cup, the club we used to hear about most often was Manchester United. So tell me, what is the earliest memory of the club? The earliest memory of United is, I don't remember like many of the details, but it was just this sort of flowing counter-attack move that ended with, I think someone who, I think Nisselroy, and mm. Nisselroy just sort of chipping the keeper final uh, at the last, just as the keeper was rushing out. Though... The one that I do remember reasonably clearly was, again, a Van Nisselroy memory where he was playing against Sunderland. He received the ball on his chest, executed one of those lovely little turns and then just fired it into the back of the net. And it was one of those classic shots where he hit it so hard that when it hit the net, the ball was still rising. So the keeper had absolutely no chance of stopping it. Are you someone who's interested in the history club? Do you look it up, read up? It's very on and off in that like when I started following United, I didn't really, I wasn't really that much into the history of the club. And to be fair, like even once I started following it, it was very on and off. It was only as I grew older that I started to say, grow closer to the club. Mm. But otherwise earlier, it's it's always just nice to support a team. And this is the team that had been passed down to me. So you mentioned gigs as club legend. Actually, you didn't just mention gigs. You wrote gigs, gigs, gigs. Yes. Gigs, like gigs was the constant. Like as much as Alex Ferguson has always been a part of Manchester United and an essential part of Manchester United as far as I was concerned. It's the same with gigs. You know, some games he didn't play, but he was always the one who was tearing up that, tearing up that left hand, tearing up that left flank. And he would just do it so well and he made it look so easy and it's just it's that some of that classical looking dribbling where he just the tiniest little jink and he'd just find a way through about two or three players mm. i mean most famously in the i was hoping you wouldn't break that up but yeah fa cup final against arsenal that was some moment definitely but it was i remember him more along the like it's not one specific moment but just the thing of him running along the that touchline, the left touchline, where he'll have, he'll be going, just shield, he'll be shielding the ball a little bit. He'll do a little jink and he'll get past the he'll get past the opposing winger who's trying to take him down. And then there'll be the full back, and then them he'll 
sort of pretend he'll either pretend to cut in and then just quickly go to go ahead or do a little croif turn and turn it back in and just the variations were endless and he just always made it look so easy and the amazing thing is that even so he's had an unusually long career for like most footballers let alone a winger but even back then it was just that he would always just keep going mm. i mean and like now you look at you look back at it and he is the like he has the most assists like in terms of numbers he has the most assists of anyone in the premier league history and i think he was only till recently he had the most appearances in the premier league and he started playing before it was the premier league right so that just shows just the massive span of his career and again more than anything else the biggest thing was that he was a joy to watch like beckham had these beckham on the right was it was great watching him and he had these beautiful crosses and he would make these lovely long balls and later on of course the thing people a lot of people remember him for is the half line goal and like of and the free kicks but i always like i loved players who dribbled and went through the team much more than just the like the pinpoint the, those who could deliver pinpoint crosses so it's this odd hierarchy of like you know dribbling and then through balls and then at the end there is crossing because it just it just looks so much nicer when you when a player leaves the opposing team in the dust and struggling to keep up who is the biggest rival for manchester united liverpool liverpool yes i would have thought city i mean liverpool liverpool were manchester united before the premier league as a liverpool supporting friend in school never failed to remind me mm. they were the most successful club it's a weird difficult thing just as it's a weird thing when manchester united and arsenal play and like you know i love the way i like the way arsenal play mm. but i support manchester united similarly it's a weird balancing these the two rivalries of city and liverpool but i think liverpool just liverpool fans would be unbearable if they finally won <laughs> the, i think that is the straw that tilts it in favor of city so you played uh, football as a kid yes was there someone you tried to emulate not i don't think there was anyone in particular like i was a big fan of wingers like uh, ronaldinho and like messi later on but it was i was never skillful enough to manage things like those so instead i essentially used to play as a right footed left full back i was never very good i was fine without the ball <laughs> they say but once you with the ball i was not one of those players who would dazzle you with the ball at their feet so that way i would have i would not have been too uh, too bad i say as a defensive midfielder in the current football setup <laughs> where i'm good without the ball but once i get the ball i will just try and get it away from me as fast as possible whether that's through a short pass to a more competent player nearby or just a long punt up front so i'm going to ask you now about players who you think didn't get their due while at the club uh like and my <laughs> this is very much a personal thing but i think my favorite players who didn't quite get the 
reception and the respect that they should have were Tevez, Carlos Tevez and Dimitar Berbatov. So, and that was kind of, both of them were there around the time of that Ronaldo was just coming up. So he was the, he was like clearly very talented and exciting young prospect. And it was also just when Rooney was coming into his own as the great English hope. When Rooney came to United from Everton, he was still very young. He joined United, I think he was about 17 in 2004 or so. And then around 2008, which is when, which is about when all of these, all of them combined. And like, that was 2008-9 was the big season for us. Our sort of front three there were uh, Ronaldo, Tevez and Rooney. And of those two, you can clearly see how Tevez would be sidelined. And Tevez was always one of those... It's an interesting combination of hardworking and talented. Mm. In that he did a lot of the things that he did would not the attractive creative strike things an attractive creative striker would do. Like he could fight and duke it out with a tough central to, with a tough center back. But he was also just capable of these beautiful turns where he'd take two or three defenders out of the game before touching the ball, just mm. by the way he moved his body. And then with a little touch, he'd just get away from all of them. And similarly, uh, Berbatov sort of came in once uh, Ronaldo had left for Madrid. That was 2008? 2009. Mm. Again, so I think, yeah, 2008-9. And then after that, Ronaldo was the most expensive player in the world and we sold him cheap. But yes, Berbatov came in and then it was still very much about, it uh, It still felt like, you know, then we had to sort of, because Berbatov came in from Spurs and we felt we had to keep the United soul running. So we mm. still had all the, we had our faith in Scholes and Rooney. Mm. And the, Scholes loved Berbatov for the same reasons that many of the fans loved him, was that he could fire a long ball from anywhere at the pitch. And Berbatov would just bring it down like he was holding a baby. Berbatov could run carrying a baby on one foot and the baby would not wake up. He has, yeah, he had the best first touch in the business. Yeah. It was sublime. The error is defined by one player. I think right now most people would define it as maybe the time of Messi. Who do you think it was for you in that time when you were growing up? Mm. It's, there's always a couple of players, though, but I think like the sort of prime hit the spot when I was really sort of getting into football was Ronaldinho. Mm. Because is that time when he would just moved, like he had, before he moved to Barcelona, he was already known from the Brazilian national team for the tricks he did. And it was essentially because of him that mm. like FIFA released like, you know, FIFA Street the video game and just he was clearly having so much fun yeah like and everyone kind of wanted to be like him Mm. it it says something that he was the most popular player in the world at around the time that Jose Mourinho was making was bringing about the complete transformation of football through defensive organization like first at Porto and then at Chelsea. Mm. But 
at that time i think that ronaldinho was the most he was the biggest player at the time so we talked about a lot of players and positions but there's one we haven't spoken about is the goalkeeper and de gea de gea is he legend already legend let me put it this way since coming to united he has been united's player of the year almost i think every year but one and he has been the the premier league goalkeeper of the year i think again every year but one he's up there yeah like he's just he may not be quite as say good with his feet as an as an ederson or an allison but in terms of like just as a keeper it's hard to get better than him having said that he's the, he's been having a bit of an off year this year where he's made a few mistakes so i think those have been more for country than for club for which we are match non spanish manchester united supporters are thankful but at an everyday level he is very good and once in a while he will pull out these performances that are just astonishing he is i still think he's the best keeper in the world is there any young player who is not getting his chance right now i can't wait for andreas pereira to get a little more experience because he was very good when he played when he was on loan at valencia and he showed that he had a lot of potential but i think in the current setup there's just one there's too much better competition like he cannot compete against a marshall or a rashford and he prefers to play more centrally in which case the attacking midfield berth is almost by default taken up by pogba in which case he cannot he is nowhere near as good a defensive midfielder as nemanja matic and he's not a defensive midfielder yeah. so one so i'd like to see him either on the wings or just in central midfield or attacking midfield the other is mctominay i mean what whatever you want to say about the complete disaster that was mourinho's final season at united he knew that like he saw that mctominay has the potential to become a very good defensive midfielder which is why like even under solskjaer mctominay continues to get more chances per match and matic is old and not as mobile as he used to be mctominay is good enough to fill in at that base of midfield or at, as a part of a midfield pivot anandan thanks for being on pod thank you shon thank you for having me anything else you want to talk about i just i'm just hoping we get like a good defender that if nothing else a a defender a good defender who last three or four years and then and that none of our young players are tempted away to the big to bigger clubs it's astonishing as a it's a little disorienting as a united fan from like you know the late 90s and the early 2000s to say we are worried about bigger clubs and yet such is the state of global football that there are 
offhand at least about five football clubs who could be cons- like who could say be considered bigger as than Manchester United as things stand so i can't wait for us to get back into that like the biggest clubs in the world in 2006 ronaldinho was the biggest thing in football and i was a big fan so i at the time i had an uncle who was a liverpool fan who was working in england and my father was going to england to on work but he would meet him so i asked if i wanted anything i told i told my uncle that i wanted a barcelona ronaldinho number 10 jersey several weeks had passed my father went to england he watched cricket matches and just wasted a lot of time honestly and by the time he came back he said yes i had got what you would ask for and instead of a barcelona ronaldinho number 10 jersey i got a brazil number 9 ronaldo jersey it's i was initially disappointed but looking back on it now it's i'm i'm pretty happy with it